So you know the saying that we do not inherit the earth from our ancestors, but in fact we borrow it from our children? Well, today's guest is helping empower young people to create the sustainable solutions for their future. From Blue Tribe Media, this is the Good Business Podcast, the show where we talk to business leaders, social entrepreneurs and innovators about aligning profit with purpose and how you can make doing good good for business. Now here's your host, James McGregor. So today's episode of the Good Business Podcast, I'm talking with Kanika Joshi, who works in international development and is passionate about delivering solutions for the world's most important to-do list, the UN Sustainable Development Goals. She's also passionate about helping young entrepreneurs through her work as a senior advisor to the Youth Solutions Program at the UN Sustainable Development Solutions Network. Through her work, she helps to empower young people globally to create sustainable solutions through education, communities, and innovation, everything from urban farming in Kenya to community development in Argentina. In this episode, you'll hear about the great projects she's working on and see why she believes that if we are to achieve the future we want, we need to support the custodians of this future, our youth. So why don't we kick off and why don't we start with you introducing yourself and tell us who you are. Sure. I'm Kanika and I work as an international development practitioner. I've been juggling between a couple of organizations because I care about the sustainable development goals quite a lot. I basically head the Youth Solutions Report at UNSDS and Youth and I currently work as the senior advisor there. And uh, at the same time, I'm also a research manager with LEAD, which is a nonprofit based out of India, where I do a lot of work on women entrepreneurship. These are the two jobs that I've been juggling between for the past uh, 4.5 or uh, 5 years. And I'm attracted by endless possibilities to make sense of human response. So that's basically who I am. Awesome. Sounds great. And what would you describe as your superpower? Superpower. I think I am. I have a solution-oriented mindset, so I'm someone who has the ability to think out of difficult solutions and rather than critiquing a situation, actually come up with arduous solutions. That's something that I uh, do very well. So I think of problems and I'm, I'm, I easily solve them. So I think uh, design thinking and uh, thinking of solutions is my superpower. Awesome. Uh, that's a handy superpower, particularly when we start talking about uh, the SDGs. So problem solving is going to be one of the biggest skills we're going to need going forward, I think. So tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about the, the Youth Solutions Program. What does it do? How does it work? Right. So the Youth Solutions Program is a very vast ecosystem uh, and it'll be difficult for me to actually concise it into something small. But let me just tell you the brief idea of why we began it. We basically... Uh, realize that there's a gap in the ecosystem for celebrating youth-led solutions. And that's why we thought that we need like a more systems approach kind of a mindset to look at uh, all the solutions that young people are creating. And they are creating amazing solutions. So the idea, the Youth Solutions Program is a component and a nexus of three basic things. One's a Youth Solutions Report, which I 
currently I'm the senior advisor for. Then is the Youth Solutions Hub, which is a community of youth entrepreneurs. And the third one is an investment readiness program where the ones who we set the youth solutions that we celebrate on an annual basis, which are around 50 game-changing solutions, uh, get featured and also can like avail investments and get some mentorship on how to scale better. So can you give us an example of one of these youth-led solutions so people can sort of uh, wrap their heads around what, what these things are? For sure, for sure. So up until now, we've had about 150 solutions that we've uh, already showcased and celebrated and supported. One of them, which was uh, from a first cohort, has been Lensational. The founder, it's a non-profit organization. The founder is Boni Chu and she's based out of Hong Kong. It, it at that time operated at a menial uh, funding budget of 5,000 USD. And what she aims to do is is empower young women using photography. So she actually provides secondhand handsets to women in rural areas and lets them journal their own solutions. So right from ranging this solution to we have solutions which are operating in Rwanda. This is from a 2019 cohort where um, the solutions basically like a water kiosk headed by uh, Winstu and who is basically like based out of Rwanda and Kenya. And he, again, this is a small grassroots organization, which basically ensures that it has a business model in place and they're just providing uh, water kiosks to school children and kind of have a model in place. So the first one talks about women empowerment. The second one uh, that I just give an anecdotal example of talks about like clean water and sanitation. So most of the report like most of the solutions that we feature in our solutions report range from all over the sdg framework if that right. makes sense yeah. yeah yeah absolutely so you know ranging from i guess photography to i guess empower women in rural areas to water uh, production in uh, kenya or in R- and rwanda so how do these youth projects how do you guys come in contact with these youth projects so you mentioned like an entrepreneurship program there's some opportunity for uh, investment for the top performing ones. So, so if if there's you know, a young person out there who's got an idea, who's trying to work out what to do next, like how do they interact with you guys? Right. So I would talk about it as a layered process that we currently have. First is, of course, the Youth Solutions Report. We usually launch like a call of applications on an annual basis. The current one is actually closing up tomorrow. And uh, what it aims to do is if you have an idea or if you have a prototype or a ready solution already and you're a young person who basically is working towards SDGs, you can apply for um, the youth solutions report so it's it's an open expression of interest the ones we have like a screening committee with screens based on certain categories of like high impact social impact uh, environmental impact uh, related you know, it, like metrics and basically based on those we then have like the final applicants and then we have like a advisory committee which incorporates like experts from the field and the industry and business who basically process these solutions and peer evaluate them the top 50 ones usually make it to the youth solutions report these get uh, easy access to the investment readiness program which is the second layer of our uh, youth solutions program where they get like one-on-one mentorship from uh, 
people who are investors or people who uh, are into fundraising and like get support on how can they scale up their existing solution and at the same time there's a digital ecosystem uh, which is the youth solutions hub where all of these 50 and the others who have applied for the solutions report can basically be a part of and it's it's much more the last one is much more of a community that we're trying to create an organic community where you can uh, raise a request talk about information basically cre- create awareness around sustainable development and uh, other uh, related development fields yeah and where are these ideas coming from is the program designed around certain countries or can anyone around the world apply Oh it's actually a global project so the like we have projects uh, and solutions featured from 60 plus countries in all our reports we also have like preferences for solutions coming in from sub saharan africa south asia latin america and the global south basically and anyone from all across the world can basically apply if i can also give like a, a rough metric of the kind of solutions that we receive uh, in 2019 last year we basically received 4000 applications out of which of course 50 made it and there was like a almost a 40 60 or a 50 50 split between the gender proportion of the entrepreneurs like there were women co-founders and founders and male founders and co-founders so i would say that we being a youth led solution really ensure that there's diversity and there's inclusion in the entire process of the uh, youth solutions framing and selection right so so i want to go back a little bit in time and i really want to understand where from your point of view like where's, where's this interest in working with youth around addressing the sustainable development goals where, from personally where does that drive come from do you think right i think it definitely comes uh, from the thought that the youth today has the highest access to mobility highest access to internet highest access to like so many other things right but despite of all of that we don't see a lot of representation when it comes to politics or when it comes to uh, leaders that we are looking forward to we see like few stark examples like of course greta making it or malala making it but they've gone through a lot of adversity and probably a lot of like determination in which in the way and the manner in which they succeeded right but other voices which are from the grassroots do not really come out but we do see and we do there's evidence uh, that there's a lot that young people can do and i think that definitely comes from that uh, like that's some personal thought that i always have and one if i can point to like one instance where i felt extremely motivated to do something about uh, young uh, like youth inclusion was probably when i was in the 11th conference of youth in paris in 2015 and like right in the morning i heard thousand young people sloganing nothing about us without us and that kind of just captures the entire um, like the entire essence of youth inclusion and sustainable development right because it's like we're talking about the future but we're not really including the people closest to the future in the conversation yeah can you remember from that um conference in paris can you remember like a particular story that you heard did you have like an aha moment at some point that yeah you know, i need to do something about this can you recall anything in particular from that that 
that particular thing? Yeah, for sure. Like several of them. But one thing that I think I can point towards would be this conversation. I, I'm forgetting the name Ludovic. Ludovic had, he's the head of this organization called Travel with a Mission. And he basically hitchhiked. He's from France and he basically hitchhiked several countries and uh, traveled with a mission, right? And his entire intention was to travel all across the world, but not only like travel for selfish reasons, but travel to actually have a social mission in mind. So he used to like teach students wherever he traveled or he used to young people wherever he traveled. So I think that that is one instance that I starkly remember from that conference because like the way he, the inspiration and the potential that he had and the faith that he had in youth was something that definitely resonates with me as well. Yeah. And so how did that shape, you know, obviously sounds like a really interesting story and someone who's, you know, very inspiring. How did that shape what you did next? It, it actually shaped what I did next quite a lot because I had only experience from India, which is where I'm from prior to that. And post that, I basically thought had a much more global citizen mentality, I would say, like just thinking how the problems and the differences and the bottlenecks every young person all around the world are facing are definitely different. No one's saying that they, they're same, but they're actually connected to this common thread of uh, oppression or of uh, non-inclusion, right? So I think that's where uh, I ensured that I want to expand my geographical expertise in the development sector. And post that, I've been like to 10 plus countries, uh, like right from Dominican Republic to uh, Italy, to uh, France, uh, like and Singapore to just ensure that I work on youth inclusion. So I think that's youth entrepreneurship post that. That has been something that I, I definitely took up in in a global perspective rather than a local perspective only. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about that youth entrepreneurship focus. I guess you know, if, if you're talking about young entrepreneurs launching enterprises and solutions to solve really big, tough, challenging problems, but without necessarily having the wisdom of experience. I mean, what, what are some of the, the challenges that, that youth face beyond, I guess, not being included in the conversation to start with around even knowing where to start to address some of these you know, and what can be really big intimidating problems? Right. So I think big intimidating problems are definitely uh, access to finance. Uh, this is something, some evidence that we also have from the Youth Solutions Report that most of the solutions that do get featured and that are, that make it to the Youth Solutions Report are actually related to societal development. And if at all they're related to environmental uh, like impacts etc it's then they're like either digital campaigns or their uh, work being done digitally right not a lot of offline work on environmental front and i think that like the way we see it it stems out of from like stems from this particular thing of lack of access to finance because uh, a lot of environmental solutions for example related to uh, like plastic reuse or related to other things really require a lot of technical uh, capability and not only capability like infrastructure right and we've seen that uh, youth do not always have easy access to finance that way uh, but but i think 
that kind of does not like what i've seen from my uh, like viewers has also been that the young people today are so connected no, not only online but even offline that they can definitely like shape the future in ways that they want to and there are so many social media campaigns also that they run to try to access funding but yeah even even despite all the innovation i think there's some lack of access to finance or probably the right means to get it uh, is where i see several young people lacking yeah so can you maybe tell us a, a story of a, a a young person who's come to you with an idea and and how you sort of coach them through the process to get it off the ground Right, right. So I think uh, at least for our youth solutions program, it's not that all young people who apply actually only have an idea. Several people have actually tried to set up like a website or even something mini, like at a mini scale, but they've already they're already on the journey to doing good. Right, they're not. Uh, just think just sitting at probably a university and thinking of some idea they they're already on some like in some manner could be extremely small but in the journey already so giving an example probably i could give an example of kasia who is from brazil and she basically is the founder of youth uh, climate leaders which is a digital platform to which really does a lot of climate change advocacy and in 2018 she got featured in like if i could take it back to how she applied and how she's part of our ecosystem now it would be like kasia looked at the opportunity of like wanted to grow her um, organization a little more get more visibility uh, get some more expert support from uh, the best in the industry and she applied to the youth solutions program uh, after applying to the program uh, and going through all the rigorous procedures of selection she made it to the top 50 of uh, the report post that she was given um, some more visibility right from the report to either un organizations or even to the investment readiness program where she was linked to some mentor who basically could uh, provide mentorship and guidance on how to scale how to fundraise how to invest further and try to scale up or scale out the existing digital ecosystem within which she's operating and post that she was also given access to a community which was the youth solutions hub where she can meet like minded people there it's a vibrant community of 300 plus uh, members so i would say that right like kasia is just one of them we have 150 plus such entrepreneurs and we had a high touch model with all of them right so we know all of their names all of their intentions all of their aspirations and we've been throughout their journey from the very beginning till the end so in terms of the youth solutions program we have aspects of a hackathon and innovation lab a social network and an advocacy camp- campaign so we basically like are an extremely hybrid model which takes the best out of everything that exists right now and ensures that we provide full end to end support to an entrepreneur yeah great so the I'm trying to th- think of the visualize how it will work so i guess the, the youth solutions reports really providing you know that network and connections that people need to find like-minded individuals who are interested in their work am i reading into that properly right so we believe in a lot of thought partnership and we try to ensure that there's 
there's that mechanism which plays out like right from partnering with grassroots level organizations to partnering with international multinational uh, development organizations we ensure that we have some level of commitment from every partner that we have to ensure that the you, the young entrepreneurs that we actually have in our ecosystem get benefited yeah great so I guess if you could wave a magic wand and solve the problem of youth entrepreneurship to address UN SDGs, what do you think you'd you'd create if you had a magic wand that would create anything you wanted? Right. I would say, let me think uh, about this a little. So if you had unlimited resources and you could grab all the youth in the world and all these great ideas and help them get things up and going, what, what do you think would help them solve the biggest challenge that they have at the moment, I guess? Right. So I would ensure that young people are not only like part participating, but actually are leaders in the conversation. So just not stakeholders who can be beneficiaries, but actually are actively participating in the entire ecosystem. So like probably with the magic mind, I'll, with the magic wand, I'll give them more power. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, so so they can be the part in the decision making process, which right. in many ways they they're either not engaged because they don't feel like they're part of it, or they're not actually asked. Right. Right. Yeah. So if someone was listening at the moment and they wanted to, they were a young person who had an idea to change the world. Like, what's one piece of advice that you give to someone like that? Believe that you can change the world. Like really believe it daydream about the way you want to change the world and then just open your eyes and do it like take small steps but do it i'm gonna have to change that question you know because every time i ask one of our guests that question i get exactly the same answer it's just just do it okay (laughs) which is which is which is interesting so across the whole spectrum of social entrepreneurs and innovators that i do work with and interview on this podcast they all Say the same thing, saying wow. just do it and, and make a start because That's you never know. That's interesting to know as well. Like, yeah, because you never know where it, what might take you. So m- momentum leads to action, hmm. and um, action leads to things happening. So if you sit there and wait, then nothing will happen. But if you actually just do something, it uh, doesn't matter what it is, and um, opportunity will come your way, and doors will start to open. So, right. uh, interesting. I might have come up with a new question, but it's interesting that nearly every guest has exactly the same answer, which is wow. great. So if people wanted to learn more about the Youth Solutions Report or the Youth Solutions Program, how's the best way, or to even connect with you, how's the best way for them to connect and learn more? Right. So for the Youth Solutions Report, we have a very engaging website and we are usually extremely responsive to any queries or emails that we receive. So we can be reached at www.youthsolutions.report and um, that's the best place. And if they have to reach out to me, I'm available in almost uh, all social media accounts with the name of Audio Solution. So I can be reached out there. So I also understand that the Youth Solution Report has um, quite a large, I guess, social following online uh, through social media. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Right. So it has been like a surprise to us as well because we've never really paid for any of our social media promotions and it's all been extremely organic. We've had like 18,000 followers on Twitter and 40,000 on Facebook. We've had 6 million impressions on all the Youth Solutions reports that we've collectively launched up until now. That's been three of them. So that basically shows that there are there's a lot of interest in understanding what young people are doing. So I would say that 
that that's something that definitely is of interest to us. And that social media audience, do you know who that audience is? Is it mostly youth or is it a, a full wide spectrum that are actually interested in what you're doing? Right. So it would be a wide spectrum of varying across several uh, countries because we've ensured that we mobilize youth and not only youth, but even like uh, mobilize the right partnerships. So that's something that everyone could think about in terms of having the right partners uh, because that ensures that your reach uh, kind of increases automatically. Yeah. Okay. So that's a good point. You're having, guess, that really active ecosystems you're almost building a i guess an online community that are aligned with the mission of what you're trying to do and then they are sharing it with their friends and you get that network effect um, from having i guess that that really sophisticated and structured ecosystem that it sounds like you've got set up exactly yeah no, that's interesting i'm curious why do you think there's so much interest do you think in youth-led movements around solutions around sdgs do, do you have a, a gut feeling around why people are so interested in it Yes, because I think that young people are best positioned in being represented by young people. And I see that's really missing in the ecosystem at times. There are It's mostly passing on the mic, but not creating that space to own that mic uh, when we talk about youth entrepreneurship. So I think I really like the fact that we're uh, youth-led and all the youth assembly members that we have at uh, my team are all young people. So I think that really changes the narrative from being in Alliance Good as well, but actually being someone who is part of the community and trying to ensure that their community comes forward, is I think that's what sets us apart. Yeah, I think that's that's really important that there yeah, it's not the top down this is how you should do it. It's the it's a bottom up movement that you're you're creating which I think makes it far more powerful. Completely. Yeah, right. Yeah. All right, so how about we move into our what we call our mad minute, which is five quick questions in 60 seconds. So, ready to go? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to start like a, a scary clock that stops okay. at 60 seconds. We'll okay, how we go. Cool. Right, so, so what's the best piece of advice you've ever received? That's something my mentor told me. You should be bigger than your organization and your work should be bigger than you because that's the only way it will be mutually benefiting. That's the best piece of advice I've ever received. Great, good, good advice. Uh, and what's your favorite business book? Or maybe it's a youth entrepreneurship book. I actually read mostly uh, nonfiction, so I would say that rather than a business book, it's mostly a, a social development, economics-related book. Poor economics. Mm-hmm. I think that kind of really shaped the way I think of poverty and ways to end it. So I would definitely suggest that. Right. And so, when you were a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? I actually just wanted to become popular and like eventually it's it's really changed uh, the way uh, I, I thought about what I want to become. I never had like one profession in mind. I either wanted to become popular then I at times wanted to become happy. Like I'm, now I'm just like, okay, I want to inject ethics, etc. So I've never had like one particular image of what I want to become. It's always been like value systems instead. Fair enough. And but even though when you were a kid you did want to be popular, now you have six million impressions on your on your report. So maybe you got there in the end. <laughs> yeah, to think of it that way. Interesting. <laughs> uh, what's your uh, favorite quote? 
Right. Uh, my favorite quote is something I read in a museum in London. It's by Sheena Pook, who's a, uh, who's a British poet. She basically talks about uh, hope. And the quote is like this, like it, it basically says, sometimes things don't go after all from bad to worse. Sometimes a woman aims high and all goes well. So it's a beautiful poem, but I've just shortened it because I think that these two sentences are like of utmost hope to me and that's why I enjoy them. Awesome. Great. Now, I know you're very young, so maybe I might have to change this. So normally we ask if you go back in time and give your 20-year-old self some advice, what would it be? <laughs> so, so maybe given we're talking about youth, maybe we'll go back and say if, if you go back in time and give your 10-year-old self some advice, what would it be? Right. It would be give yourself the permission to be you. There are many others already. Don't be someone else. Very good advice. And would your 10-year-old have listened or they would have been busy playing and doing fun stuff? Right. Or trying to be popular, trying to get 6 million impressions on I know, right? Just do it yourself. Don't don't think that you want to follow someone else uh, to do that. Yeah, awesome. All right. Well, that's it. So, look, I think what you guys are doing is great. And, yes, I think that bottom-up youth solutions-driven approach is really important because many of the problems that we're trying to address through the UN SDGs, multi-generational, really. It's going to take many, many um, years to solve some of these problems. And the youth of today, the the elders of the, and the, the wise people with grey hair like me of tomorrow. Uh, and so I think that's really awesome what you guys are doing. And I appreciate your time all the way over there from Delhi. What time in the evening is it over there for you? It's uh, 6.30 p.m. in the evening. Oh, that's not too bad. Yeah. Uh, appreciate your time and uh, thanks for joining us on the Good Business Podcast. Absolutely. Thank you for having me here as well. It was a pleasure. Now, if you haven't checked out the great resources available on our website, which include free downloadable worksheets and guides to help you build your own impact business, then head on over to www.bluetribe.co forward slash podcast. Also, if you liked today's episode, make sure you click that like and subscribe button. Also, tell a friend about this podcast so they can get some inspiration for their own impact business. Coming up in the next episode. I think probably the hardest thing was because at the time I was working in a full-time job and, and then it started to build quite quickly and so I was doing all the work plus working a full-time job and trying to manage that, but then not let it take over your whole life because I couldn't quit at that time. So many impact entrepreneurs start out with a side hustle that grows into a viable business, but you won't often hear the backstory about what they did to make it happen. So make sure you listen into the next episode to hear one such story. Well, that's it for another episode of the Good Business Podcast. I'm James McGregor. Until next time.